0: Today's Bible reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us and blameless before him. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, tea of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory.
1: Thanks, Piper. Thanks for doing that. I um, love this, this section of scripture where Paul... Um, pretty much gushes with the gospel um, and has this amazing, he uses words like lavished and um, he's just pretty much just getting excited about the truth of the gospel and, the, um, and what it's done for us and it's almost a summary if you like of the gospel and I always get it People if you're a bit discouraged and read the first four chapters of Ephesians. And if there is a drip here, and if, you, um, if after doing that you're still a little bit discouraged, then read them again, um, and then do it again if you want to. But how he ends this, 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 little, this little gushing of, this is the gospel, this is what's been achieved for you, and, and in every, everything that's been given you, he, he, you know, he says, and when you heard the word of truth, and he's speaking to, to the Gentiles, he's speaking to people that, that weren't of the original Jewish race, when he said, when you heard the word of truth, and this is what he's excited about, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about today. We're in our series of the Apostles' Creed, we call the series, I Believe, and we're looking at this line of the confession, because in the confession, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, I appreciate how charged that statement could be and is in evangelical circles nowadays. I believe in the Holy Spirit and lots of different churches and lots of different places, and you would get a different impression or a different idea of what it means to believe in the Holy Spirit. So I do get how, how full that is and how charged that statement is. 50 years ago, the Holy Spirit was, oh, around about 50 years ago, the Holy Spirit was almost the forgotten member of the Trinity, but not so much on the Spirit. And then the, eventu- the, you know, the Pentecostal churches eventuated, the charismatic movement came up, which meant that the work of, or, and the doctrines of the Holy Spirit were being preached in a lot of mainline churches and denominations, and suddenly the Holy Spirit was a subject of the churches all over the place. There were conversations about thousands of books in the last 50 years suddenly written on the Holy Spirit, leaning one way or, or leaning the other And there were conferences and I can remember in our time in YWAM, you know, there was a series of conferences, there was a ministry that they ran which was just serving in the power of the Holy Spirit and that's what the conferences were about all the time. There were conferences, there were discussions, there were debates, there were disagreements and all of that sort of stuff started at around about the early 70s right up to about the year 2000 and a lot of that has kind of died down a little bit now. Yet there's still often discussions around the expression of the Holy Spirit and how we understand it and more. Let me say that the Holy Spirit is important. I don't presume to be able to address all of those many questions and thoughts and ideas that exist out there in this sermon today. That would, be, that would take a long time. We would be here for most of the, well, more than most of the day. There's so many sermons that could be preached. But what I do want to do, in the light of what what we've been doing the last few weeks, what I do want to do is spend a little time helping us to understand why this line is in our confession. Why we would say that. Why is this important that this is here? If If our confession is a concise summary or if it's a statement of the gospel, then the Holy Spirit must be a critical element in the gospel of salvation that we need to understand, right? If we're saying and we've been saying that the, the, the Apostles' Creed is a concise, a, a clear summary of the gospel, and in it there is everything we need to know and there is nothing we don't need to know, that everything in there is important. then if that lines in there, I believe in the Holy Spirit, then he must be or this must be a critical element that we need to understand. He can't just be an afterthought. the Holy Spirit can't be an optional addition or an enhancement ...to the gospel or an enhancement to your walk with Jesus. He plays an important part in the truth of... ...and the living out of our salvation both now... ...right now as we, live, as, we walk, as we walk through life... ...and as we look forward to eternity. He plays a crucial and critical role. A fair bit about the Holy Spirit... ...I'm not going to bore you with bucket loads of His stuff... But one of, the, one of the things he says when he talks about why is the Holy Spirit included in the creed and the part that he plays, he has, he has this great sentence, which, and I think I've got it up there, from the creating work of the Father and the rescue work of the Son, the creed turns to the recreating work of the Spirit. How, the, how God works together for our salvation was working, did work, and is continuing to work, and, and that's the beauty. And the Holy Spirit. So I believe in the Holy Spirit, and the question is, Do I, do you, who is He? And we understand two things. We talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. So, who is He? And then we, ask, we talk about what does He do? The work of the Holy Spirit. We understand the person of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Apostles' Creed, it really doesn't say much about the Holy Spirit, does it? It directs its attention to the Father. It uh, talks about what the Father did and then he's a creator and he's almighty. It he talks about the Son and everything that he did for us. But just as I believe in the Holy Spirit, a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And if you have time and you want to do some reading on it, you know, read John 14 to 17. There's, there's heaps of good stuff there. Romans chapter 14, Romans 8, Galatians 5. They're, they're all wonderful chunks of the word that, that talk about the Holy Spirit. Truth in the scripture and the Holy Spirit. So let's look first, who is he? Well, the first thing that we need to understand is that he is a person. He's a person of the Trinity. He's not a dove. He's not a tongue of fire. He's not a mystical power. He's not a genie that we can conjure up. He's not an optional accessory to our faith. He is God. He is divine. And I think that's really, really important for us to know. When we think about the climate that over the last 50 years, when there's so many discussions and so many books written and so many thoughts on the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that He is divine, that the Holy Spirit is God. He shares the character and the attributes of the Father and the Son. And that's why the Bible always has them together. You know, Jesus said, he said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name, not names, name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God, baptize them into that. And then this doesn't help us either sometimes. And, and I, I fall into this trap and we all fall into this trap. We can often fall into the trap of thinking and speaking about the Holy Spirit as more of an it than a he. Have you ever caught yourself doing that? I have. You know, Jesus always speaks of him as he. He will live in you. He will teach you. He will witness for you. He will convict the world. And he will... It's funny that... um, Well, it's not funny. It's really a bit of a discipline to be able to train ourselves to think like that. You know, instead of saying the Holy Spirit, I I worked uh, one of the leaders in a ministry that I was... uh, an international ministry that I was part of. Uh, was a lady called Maureen Menard, and she never ever said the Holy Spirit. She always, that was his name. She always said Holy Spirit, you know, because he's a person. He has a name, and his name is Holy Spirit. He's not the Holy Spirit. It might be semantics to you, but it actually trains you to, to recognize and to, to honor the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a sort of like an, a, an additional power that comes with the Father and the Son. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit does things, and he's a person. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit does things only a person can do. The Holy Spirit initiates. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit initiating. He talks about, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit guiding, thinking. He feels, he grieves as a person does. And it's important to know that he shares the same attributes as the Father and the Son and just a few of them. I know we've got a list of attributes, but we know the three we always go to. You know, the omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. So the omnipresent, he's present everywhere. Or so is the Holy Spirit. We've got a, a, a few um, scriptures there. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? So the, the Spirit, Holy Spirit is also Omnipresent, Present everywhere, just like the Father and Son. He's omniscient, all-knowing. John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. Romans 15, verse 19. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit, capital, Spirit of God. And so we've got to get into our frame of thinking and recognise that just like the Father and the Son and we quickly imagine that they are that God is all powerful and He's everywhere, the Spirit is as well. He's a part of the Godhead trinity. He's God who moved on our behalf to deliver us and to set us free. And we'll see Holy Spirit's role in continuing that in us that's who he is and so maybe we're kind of interested in what he does you know, what does he do and that's what the father did the son came and he lived among us and he died a cruel death and he rose from the grave that's what the son did so what does the Holy Spirit do how do we understand his role we know he isn't limited and he does lots of things we know that even what we understand he will do way more than that But there are four things, and they are, he points to or he glorifies Jesus. And um, Roy had a wonderful example of that. The second one is he sanctifies us. He continues the work of sanctification in us. The third is he edifies the church. He instructs and he helps the church to grow evangelizes the world through us. So we see these these are four things that the Holy Spirit does. Now, again, like I said before, he does lots more, but the Bible clearly teaches us that these are the four roles that the Holy Spirit takes as his responsibility as part of the Godhead. And there's probably a sermon for each one of them, but for the sake of knowing and understanding the importance of confessing that we believe in him, why we need to understand this, let's have a look at how he does these things. So the first one he points to and he glorifies Jesus. Um, different versions of the Bible, different translations use different words. He glorifies Jesus, he magnifies or he honours or he lifts up or whatever. Actually, the Holy Spirit has always done that. He, doesn't just, <clears throat> he hasn't just begun to do that from the point of, of Jesus' death. He's always done that. Remember, the Spirit, Holy Spirit was there from the beginning. John sixteen verse fourteen, Jesus says this. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. That's what he's doing. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will glorify me. How does he do it? Or how has he done it? Well, in the Old Testament, he used Scripture to point to Jesus already. We and our Scripture reading last week in Isaiah fifty three. That was pointing to Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit using Scripture to point to Jesus. Remember, and of course during preparing this, you're making all these little links in your head. Remember we use language like that the Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit would have inspired Isaiah's writings. Isaiah 40, prepare the way of the Lord. And there's so many more Old Testament Scriptures So, on Jesus. Even when Jesus hadn't taken up his role yet and taken up his mission yet here on earth. He pointed forward to who Jesus was and what he would do. The Old Testament scriptures prepared the way for the Messiah. And that was the spirit at work or that is the spirit at work through the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit worked through the to Jesus. He works through many others right up to today. When they teach and preach a gospel in a church or a church service or a life group or wherever that might be any message that points the listener to jesus and points to the jesus work of salvation in our lives is the holy spirit shining the light on jesus he tells a story of a time that he was on his way to a church one night to preach and he was to preach on, on this, on the role of the, the Holy Spirit's role of glorifying Jesus. And he was walking along in the dark and in the fog, and he was praying and he was asking, wondering what sort of example could I give to this church to help them visualize it, a bit like Roy was doing this week, I'm sure, on his knees asking for an example and, and um, what kind of and he was praying for example as he rounded the bend, walking along in the night and the fog. He saw a bunch of floodlights on the ground pointing up to this big old stone church. Instantly he had his illustration. He says, You see, the Holy Spirit points away from him, Jesus Christ, that we will know more about Jesus Christ, why we can trust him, why we should obey him, why we should love him and be grateful to him and how that will lead us to giving ourselves and lead us to choosing to belong to him and find rest and find purpose and life in Jesus. The Holy Spirit's always pointing to how we can, how we can trust Jesus, who, his character. How we can obey him, how he leads us and, and how we should love him for what he's done. The Holy Spirit's mission is to shine the light on Jesus. And the second thing we talked about, he sanctifies us uh, as believers. This means that he works in us to make us more and more like Christ. And we've talked about that before. We know that we're justified, that the work of the cross brought us justification. And then our life is a life of sanctification where we get to become the people that Jesus is calling us or drawing He works in us to make us more like Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18 says, We're being transformed into his image from glory to glory. This version says, We all, with an unveiled face beholding the glory of of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the Spirit's work in us. Now you might think, um, I believe Jesus died for my sins. I know salvation is for me. I've given my life to Jesus. But I don't feel the Holy Spirit. You know, I get in these conversations and, and people, these things, they experience these things and, and, and I don't feel the Holy Spirit. So is he in me then? Or, or, or did I, you know, have I, you know I, I believe in Jesus and everything, but I don't seem to feel what some people feel. I don't feel the Holy Spirit. So is, is he working with me? Do I maybe have to ask him in? Have you ever been to one of those services where you've got to ask the Holy Spirit? Do I need to ask him in? Well, this is our assurance. The Holy Spirit lives in every believer because as soon as you give yourself to Christ Jesus as Lord and Saviour, we know that you immediately have a Saviour. You immediately have a Father. And you immediately have an indweller, the Holy Spirit. As soon as you give your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, you have a Father, you have a Saviour, and you have an indweller. You can't have one member of the Trinity or two. It's three or nothing. Remember, it's in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's an important thing to know. It's not Father and Son, and when you're ready, you ask for the Holy Spirit, because that's not what the Bible teaches us. So, how do I know then? I could look at the fruits of the Spirit, we could look up the fruits of the Spirit, and, and I could use them to tell whether I've got the Holy Spirit in me, but then I don't, do, I don't always do so great with those. What about you? I could say, well, I have a gift, this gift, a gift of knowledge or prophecy or, or, or whatever it is. I have this gift of the Spirit, or I'm gifted by the Spirit in this way or that way, but... Gifts can fail sometimes, can't they, in humans? They're not always there, so that would shake that idea. We know that enables us to call God our Father. A couple of little scriptures here and to say, Jesus is my Lord. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry. Abba, Father. The Spirit enables you, if you have the Spirit in you, He enables you to say, Lord, accept in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us confidence in the Father and the Son. You can only say, Heavenly Father, and mean it, because the Holy Spirit is at work in you. You can only say, Lord Jesus, my Saviour, and mean it because the Holy Spirit is at work in you. He helps us to deal with sin. He won't let us settle with sin. There are sins that we might keep falling into and and we all have them and you might be able to think of them. But you think of them because he keeps you aware of them. And he keeps you seeking forgiveness and newness in those areas again and again. Here's our friend. Christ's self-effacing spirit is at work. Not mystical raptures nor visions and supposed revelations, nor even healings, tongues and apparent miracles. For Satan, playing on our psychosomatic complexity and our fallenness, he can produce those things. The only sure signs are that the Christ of the Bible is acknowledged, trusted, believers actually turn from sin to the life of holiness. That is Christ's image in his people. A bit of a longer one, but basically what he's saying... It's not all those, those things. It's the fact that you can call your father God and you can call Jesus Lord and Saviour and you can work on turning away from sin and becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And the great thing about the Holy Spirit is that although he won't drive out all our sin in this life, we wish that that was true because we'll continue to have, feel and experience sin. We'll see it in other believers too. The sin will not drive the Holy Spirit out. So while he will not drive out all our sin in this life, sin will not drive the Holy Spirit out. One day, though, the Holy Spirit will drive away all sin. And we'll find ourselves before Christ with no sin. But in this world, sin will never drive the Holy Spirit out of your heart. And so, even though you might fail, you might fall, and at times if someone says this, Have I now lost the Holy Spirit? It's impossible. Jesus said, He's in you forever. So be thankful. The Holy Spirit sanctifies the believer. And just to note, we often talk about the other things. And, you know, growing up and we we use the examples that Jesus did, you know, talked about what the Holy Spirit does. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's an exhorter. Uh, He's all those things. Those are all true. And Jesus is using those to show us how the Holy Spirit sanctifies us in practical ways. He exhorts us or he comforts us. And those are all um, ways that the Holy Spirit is sanctifying us. He sanctifies Jesus. He sanctifies the believer. He edifies the church. He instructs and helps the church grow. This is a shorter point, but it's important. And the main way that he does this is through the word of God. The Word of God is the instrument, if you like, or the sword of the Spirit, it's called. And He instructs us through it. He, he illuminates the Word when He makes it come to life, when He He gives it new meaning. Have you ever had one of those scriptures that you know you've read hundreds of times before, and then you read it this one time, and all of a sudden there's this new meaning that comes out? That's the Holy Spirit at work. That's Him edifying the church. And He does that through the Word, through Reading the word through singing, through worship, through preaching of the word, you and I can be equipped and then we can do our part using our gifts for the building up of other believers or you know, once you're clear on the word of God and and how it calls you to action, once we read the word and the Holy Spirit reveals it to us and we recognise, oh, we're supposed to go and make disciples. That's what it's about. Then you go. I can be equipped. And I can do my part. I can use my gifts for the building up. I can get into action. I can look at how God gifted me. um, How maybe I've got a contribution to enable the church to grow. But then also for the gospel to go out. You're clear on the gift or the number of gifts that he's given you. And in service, how can I use my gifts in the church or or for the kingdom or wherever you find me? Because I'm reading, the Holy Spirit's revealed that that's what I'm supposed to do. What am I good at? What comes naturally to me? Uh, Where do I feel useful? And when we come together as a community to hear and understand the word, we're built up. And we're more effective together. And the work edifies the church as we gather. That's why when we, when we pray and, we, and we, we ask Holy Spirit to open our hearts, we ask Holy Spirit to open our minds, because we know that his role is to edify the church. And this is one of the places we can be edified. This is how he continues to work in the community of believers. We're keen for Christ to be glorified because he deserves it. And we want to continue the work of sanctification in ourselves. And we want to see the church grow and see it impact the world. And that's the the fourth and the last point of the four, isn't it? He evangelises the world, the unbelieving world, through us. John 15 says this, "But When the Helper comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth... Who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. The Holy Spirit is into world evangelism, it's his thing. He's into reaching people with the gospel, he's into evangelism, he's into mercy ministries. And he uses us. The Holy Spirit reaches out to people all around the world using people like you and I. witness but we need to know that we've not been given the Holy Spirit to own he owns us we don't possess the Holy Spirit he possesses us so that he can use us we've been loved by God, we've been made new by God, we've been called to be signposts and, and soundboards and it's a huge privilege to do it in the home um, uh, with other believers, sitting around with other believers, but to do it with people who come to church who are not believers or to do it with people in our workplace or, or school or whatever, just to be his representatives. It's a great, great privilege. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. You know, have you've ever been in a conversation where you're, where you're sharing the gospel or you're talking to someone and you say something, you think, wow, I'm surprised I even said that. Have you ever had one of those moments? Someone write that down. Have you ever thought that to yourself? Because that's, you know, it's the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to... If they're going to ask me questions, I'm not sure what I'll say. And we ask Holy Spirit to enable us to have the words to say, the right prayers to pray, the right questions to ask, the right... So there's some great teaching there. And it's all good theology, and and I mean that it's good. It's really important for us to understand those four things that the Holy Spirit does, because He's not idle. He works in us in so many different ways, always. Really helpful to know and understand. But this is also important, and we need to say this: I believe in the Holy Spirit in me, indwelling me. Paul said in Ephesians 1 that we were sealed, that in a reading, we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. The message version has a verse like this. I think I popped up there. <clears throat> Once you heard the truth and believed it, found yourselves home-free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. And so whilst the Holy Spirit has a role and he's doing all that we can actually commune with the Holy Spirit and we can recognize that the Holy Spirit is for us and he's taking us, he's he's showing us what Christ has done and he's saying that's been done for you. And he's taking us to a glorious life. It's kind of like a settlement on a house, isn't it? You pay the deposit and you can say, that's that's my house. But you're not behind the scenes with lawyers and conveyances and everybody else making sure that that house is ready. And then the settlement day comes and you move in and you possess it. You know, The work of Jesus is that deposit, isn't it? And there's a lot of work going on in the background inside our hearts and souls. There's a lot of work that God is doing in us. The Holy Spirit is working in us, edifying us, growing us, sanctifying us, growing and we'll possess it. We move in to our new home. That's good news, isn't it? I believe in the Holy Spirit as he guides me, comforts me, counsels me and ushers me into the presence of God each day. Right now, he brings me into the presence of God every day. We talked about our citizenship is in heaven, reminding me that it's done. And eventually I'll be with him in glory. So you might think, do we just soak all that up? Is that just, wow, that's, that's wonderful? Or you're thinking, oh boy, is this finished yet? What can we do? Well, we don't need to, need to be baptised with the Holy Spirit. We have been. We receive the Holy Spirit conversion. But we do need to be filled with the Holy Spirit each day. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. And in the original word, that filled is not a once-off thing. That filled is, is this continuum, being filled, constantly being filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we're filled daily, He constantly works those four things in us. He ensures that the gospel is at work in us. And the Apostles' Creed is the gospel. And I believe in the Holy Spirit because he is working out the gospel in my life every single day, bringing me to Jesus. He reminds me and points me to Jesus. He makes salvation stick and grow more and more. He keeps growing and instructing the community that I'm a part of and he shows me how to share that same gospel that I have in me, to the world around me. You might catch yourself looking for the miraculous acts of the Holy Spirit. And they're out there. But have a good look. If by being filled with us, with him, he can do this in me, then that's miraculous. If he can do that in you, that's miraculous. That's how we live out the gospel. That's how we own it. You know, does he do other things? Does he move in the world ways... Yeah, I actually believe he does. And that's probably another sermon for another day. I believe there are things that the Holy Spirit does and can do through us. But that's not... I don't wait for that. That's not why I would confess that I believe in the Holy Spirit. That's not why he's in the Apostles' Creed, because he's done some miraculous things. He's there because... And I need to know Jesus more to do life and to serve God. And he does that in me. Neil Chambers writes for the Gospel Coalition, and he's an Australian guy, and he said it like this, and I I like this, and I wanted to uh, read that out to you. I believe in the Holy Spirit is a somewhat understated affirmation of something. I believe in breathing. Just as we would have no physical life without air, we can't have life as God's people without the Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. How could any follower of the Lord Jesus not? It's a vital confession to make because it confesses that all my hope, God, to save. And that the glory for our salvation will always be his. Not mine. I, I, I can't do it. I mess it up. And, and you and I mess it up. And the Holy Spirit reminds us that time and time again. I can't take glory for my, my growth. I can't take the credit for my growth or, or the moments that I'm lifted out of the places of pain. The Holy Spirit ensures that that's the case. What an amazing thing to confess. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Let's stand up and let's confess out the creed this morning together. And He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this confession again today. We want to thank you for helping, uh, for inspiring humans to, to put into words. A way that we could clearly confess, clearly understand all that you did for us and all that you are doing for us and what you will do for us. What an absolute blessing it is. Holy Spirit, we are so thankful for your work. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your character and your nature. We thank you for your commitment We thank you that you indwell us, that every day you awaken us to who Jesus is, to how we can grow to be more like Jesus, pointing out parts of our life that might not align and gently calling us to repentance. Thank you for growing us as a community, for growing your church in the world. And thank you for your word going out to more and more of those who don't know you. Holy Spirit, help us to to recognize your work, to uh, surrender to your work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.